You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. From the Dexcom G6 Studios, make knowledge your superpower for managing type 1 diabetes. Be sure to visit D-E-X-C-O-M, Dexcom. I am Dave Graveline. This, our 26th year, bringing you into tomorrow. This one for the weekend of Friday, July 16th, 2021. And you are? Chris Graveline. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Another jam-packed show. Chris has some more of his own Imagine That tech rage coming up, probably early next hour. So stay tuned for that, because perhaps you can relate to some of what he went through with this particular mm-hmm. situation. In the meantime, some tech news and commentary. Chris and Tyler, Texas, standing by with a call. The first fully crewed flight of Virgin Galactic's VSS Unity space plane. They said it was a major milestone. It actually was in the commercial space industry. Richard Branson is now the first person to ride into suborbital space aboard a rocket that he helped fund. So which billionaire will be next? All eyes are on Blue Horizon's Jeff Bezos and SpaceX's Elon Musk. Interestingly, Musk and Branson are not the fierce adversaries they'd appear to be, with Musk having already booked a flight with with Virgin. Interesting. Meanwhile, Elon Musk is actually getting it done. (laughs) <laughs> by by sending astronauts to the space station, by sending cargo, by getting supplies, by putting up 4 million satellites. Uh, but, hey, Richard Branson got to the edge of space. Does that really count? I yeah. mean, he said it was the it's space, but it's the edge of space. Wouldn't that be space. the edge of Earth? I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not outer space, but... Well, yeah. true. And they did float um, wildly for yeah. a few moments. So, but you can do that on the vomit comet That's without true. even going into space. Yeah. So, how do we know they didn't just do that? That's true. Because they had video, yeah. uh, whatever. But interesting. I think that's that's pretty cool. I'm, and I'm sure Jeff Bozos is like, oh darn it, he beat me. We shall see. Yeah, but Jeff Bozos uh, is being or is beating him in the bank account area. So yeah, well, that fine. boy, that's for sure. <laughs> Was there a um, a list of people signing a petition to? Leave Richard Branson in space like they have been with Jeff Bozos. Not that I know of. (laughs) That's funny. So people wanted Richard Branson to return, but not so many people want Jeff Bezos to return. Interesting. We'll see how that goes. A truck driver was recently caught attempting to cross a Hong Kong bridge with more than just the cargo in his vehicle. Customs officials pulled him aside due to how nervous he looked, only to discover the contraband strapped to his body. They weren't bags of drugs, though. In total, the man had 256 Intel processors wrapped around his legs and torso. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, are you, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. <laughs> Jeez. They were, 
They were a mix of 10th generation Core i7 and Core i9 chips. Um, if he had 128 each of those processors, the street value based on Intel's recommended pricing would be about $104,000. That's, that's, I'm sure, was the quote of what he said when they found them. <laughs> uh, now, 10 days after that, a second truck was inspected, and 52 brand-new Intel chips, still in their plastic containers, were discovered hidden between the truck's seats. And earlier this month, an even larger haul was seized at another location near Hong Kong. It included over 2,200 processors and 1,000 sticks of RAM, all of which were hidden in the back of a container truck. So these days, I guess, with the chip shortage, uh, microchips wow. have become like the new drug smuggler. What, apparently, and could have made a lot of money with them. Yeah. I mean, I've got a brand new car that I've been waiting to have built, and it keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed because of, they say, the chip shortage. Yeah. Well, I remember during the interview, the guest was telling us about, uh, you know, Ford's got a field of F-150 trucks that are just sitting there ready to go. They just need a chip. Yeah. Apparently, the Acura folks were so impressed with our uh, review, we had for a week the all-new 2022 Acura MDX, and we talked about all the tech in this new vehicle, this new version of this vehicle, and uh, they they liked it so much, they're selling me one, get this, at full sticker price. Sucker. I have never paid sticker price on any car in my entire life of 100 years. Well, there's a first for everything. Apparently there is. <laughs> Holy cow. We'll talk more about that later. Chris in Tyler, Texas, listens on KTBB AM and FM. Hey, Chris, welcome into tomorrow. Hi. I've never bought a computer before, and I'm looking to buy a laptop because I'm starting my own business. Can you guys help me out with a beginner-style laptop? Would you recommend any apps that are free that I could use for that laptop for my business? Well, Chris, it'll be our pleasure, but it's hard to say without knowing what exactly you're going to do and how you want to do it. Now, obviously, if your business was something like creating 3D animations or heavy graphic design, you'd already have an idea of the heavier hardware that would be required. So we're going to assume that you want to do something more akin to maybe some admin-type work. If that's the case, just about any laptop will do, but we'd advise you to go for a mid-level laptop rather than the cheapest that you can find. Quality varies greatly by price, and a very cheap laptop can turn into a real hassle a few months or even a year in. You know, for example, Lenovo has ranked high in reliability ratings in recent years. So you can look at something like a $600 Lenovo IdeaPad 3, which will have more power than you need for office tasks, but it won't be the highest and most powerful model meant for other tasks. Uh, you can also look at something like a Dell Inspiron 3000 or an Asus VivoBook. Both will cost you roughly about the same price as the Lenovo. Now, as for software, most of what you need is probably going to be online. For example, Google Docs has both free personal and paid business tiers and will include a full office suite so you can also set up to access offline microsoft of course does the same thing yeah, i think these days they call it m365 yeah and if you don't want to give google and microsoft your money because they've got enough yeah um, you can go for for free that's off uh, and also something that's entirely offline uh, you can look at LibreOffice. it's a free open source office suite now if you do keep in mind that it's clunkier than the better known paid office suites but it's certainly usable yep and cheaper, like free, is pretty yeah. cheap. Chris, let us know what you end up with, or if you need more input, call us back and we'll provide more. All the way into tomorrow.com. 
thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Thank you for tuning in, especially during our 26th year On the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of neat things available today and into tomorrow. Our next guest is an author or the author of Inside the Creator Economy newsletter. Very fascinating stuff that we've been reading lately. He's senior VP and GM of VidCon, and we love having him on the show over the years, global media and technology leader, Jim Lauterbach. Jim, welcome back into tomorrow. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, doing really good, and it's great to be back into tomorrow. Thanks for having me on. Uh, It's a pleasure. You've done a plethora of things over the years as we've talked with you and covering uh, consumer tech and all the cool, neat stuff. But it seems like what you're doing now is really digging deep uh, with uh, not only the Inside the Creator Economy newsletter, but the other cool things you're doing with VidCon. Tell me first about the newsletter, and then let's get into some of the things that you're uncovering and sharing with others. Sure, yeah. And the two are sort of intertwined. I mean, the newsletter came out of the current job that I've been doing really for the last six or seven years, which is this event about video creators, online video creators on YouTube and Snap and Twitch, now TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. I started out just doing the industry side for them and then took over the whole company and sold it over to Viacom CBS back in 2018. Nice. But we really dive deep into what these new creators are doing as they build celebrity and build businesses and build a life for themselves without having to go to the gatekeepers of media to get them a place on that media rotation. So the fact is, anywhere in the world, you now can be a creator. I mean, you know this, Dave. I assume you're still in Florida somewhere. Yep, in Miami. Uh, in my, and you can do what you need, what you want and reach an audience and connect to people from anywhere in the world. And more and more, that is where celebrity and that is where creators are going. And that is what we celebrate. And that's what the newsletter does talks about what's going on with these creators, what's going on with the platforms, but also as we transition from web two, which was kind of creators and platforms like Facebook and YouTube and Instagram to what some people are calling web three, which is more of direct connections between creators and their audiences, chuck the platforms to the curb. So fits and starts, we're getting there. That's kind of what I chronicle in the newsletter. And it's, by I will say, it's fun to be writing a newsletter again. I haven't done one since... 
back in my PC magazine days. Yes. So I'm actually really enjoying it. Oh, and, and those were always fun. Of course, one of the great reasons we had you on regularly back then is because you would uncover some very cool stuff. One of the stats that we give on the show uh, lately is that every day people watch over a billion hours of video on YouTube alone. So clearly you saw the writing on the wall, if you will, uh, with all the video creators, and and that's just YouTube. So all the others that you mentioned, and I'm sure a bunch of others as well, uh, have great opportunities for people to create their own content so that the rest of us can watch a billion-plus hours of it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, YouTube is a great place, and it's everything. But YouTube in many ways is you know it's a little old media these days it's tried to be television and been successful yeah it's still a great place for creators to go in and get noticed and build audiences and make money but newer platforms offer opportunities for different types of creators with different types of interests so tiktok for example latest news from last week and and you know, don't take this with a grain of salt because it's not really true. But there was this study that said, oh, suddenly time spent with TikTok is bigger than time spent with YouTube. Well, yes, if you believe the survey just on Android and only on mobile, because YouTube's huge on television and lots of other ways. But yeah. the upshot of it is, you know, put the big headline aside, TikTok is getting as big as YouTube. But you can also build a presence for yourself with video and you can watch great video on LinkedIn, I actually spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. And then there's Instagram going to video and over and over and over again. So more and more of our time spent is being spent with these new platforms. But we're still spending a lot of it with older television networks. And we're still even watching these new platforms on our TVs. Yeah, very true. Well, and you mentioned LinkedIn, which I typically think as more of a business opportunity. Uh, I think a lot of people do. So I, I wouldn't have thought about posting videos on LinkedIn unless maybe it's business related or it's a seminar or or something of that sort. But do you find that more and more people are posting all sorts of videos on places like LinkedIn? No, it is still, as you put it, a business-oriented place. But if you think about it, those of us who are in business and work, we spend you know, more than half, sometimes almost all of our lives on our business side and with the business graph versus the social graph. So it's such a key part of so many of our lives. And video is also a key part of the way we now communicate that video and LinkedIn are sort of a match made in heaven. LinkedIn, though, is way behind when it comes to actually compensating people for the videos that they put up. Uh-huh. Now, I do video on LinkedIn. It gets a bunch of viewers, but I don't get a dime from LinkedIn. However, the more you build up your business, the more you build up your credibility on LinkedIn, the more you get opportunities like this since you started <laughs> reading me on LinkedIn when I started posting again my Very newsletter. True. Very true. So it uh, kind of what goes around comes around. And it's like, hey, we haven't had Jim on the show in forever. What's going on? Well, this is what's going on. One of your recent uh, newsletters, I love it. If it drops on the Internet, but you can't use it, does it really exist? Which <laughs> brings me to a lot of questions. Uh, like, where did that come from? Well, I always like to write fun headlines. It goes back to when I was writing cover lines for PC Magazine yes. and I was editor-in-chief. And we had to figure out how to get someone to buy it off the newsstand. Uh, that one, I was sort of like, when a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? I was kind of getting to that. Facebook released a newsletter product called Bulletin a couple of week or two ago. And 
is, you know, it's great. More and more people are getting into newsletters. I'm putting mine on LinkedIn. There's Substack. There's Mirror.xyz. There's lots. It looks like Twitter's getting into the newsletter space. (laughs) So Facebook does it, but it's only their handpicked 20 people that can get on it. And so you see this a lot. You see, for example, Clubhouse releasing on iOS only, although they're on Android now. You see people coming out with special releases that are only available to certain key people in the know. I don't know. It just kind of pissed me off. So I was like, (laughs) you know what? If you're going to put something out there and make a big deal out of it, how about you let everybody use it? And I'm thinking from a creator perspective, because that's a lot of what I do is sit at the center of this creator economy. And you may have built this great newsletter business platform, whatever you want to call it. But if only 20 people that you handpicked can go on it, is it really relevant? I don't think so, because in the end, if I want Malcolm Gladstone or whatever his name is, I can find him lots of different places. But as a platform like this for the creator economy, you should be giving voice to new voices, letting new people rise up. Absolutely. Discover new people. So that's kind of what got me going. <laughs> well, and I'm glad that it did, because it's almost like we've spent a whole lot of our 26 years on the air looking for startups, looking for little companies, you know, around the outskirts of these big shows. Remember back when we could travel uh, <laughs> to trade shows and so forth? We would spend a lot of time looking for those gems. You know, everybody knows the big companies are doing their thing. To your example, great. So these 20 people, let's say, have some interesting insight into something, but they're the only people that I get to listen to or watch, it's always better to expand your horizon. So I think your point is well taken along those lines. Well, and it actually ties back to things we saw many times at CES and other shows. Vaporware, right? Yes. I mean, how many times have we seen a big product roll out and be like, oh, it's going to be great, and then it never ships? Yep. Well, and it's like how many people we teased with it over the years, too. That's why now we do an interview, and it's not quite out yet, but it will be in the in the fall well, of this year. You know, you <laughs> want to pin them down a little bit. Well, we hope so. It's like, oh, boy. Well, all right, folks, don't get your hopes up. But if it does come out, we'll tell you. But, yeah, good point. Vaporware, classic example. Yeah, it's still out there. It's just in a different form. And so, <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, we see the top. Uh, online video platforms, whether it's YouTube or TikTok or Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they, they announce new things because they're all trying to one-up each other. It seems like they're all trying to be TikTok. Yes. But, you know, you get it out there and you get excited about it, but then it's only available to a certain number of people. And so I do think that if you're going to make a big announcement about something, don't just do it as posturing. Just let everyone use it. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I love that. One of your other uh, awesome articles that got a lot of response to Facebook wants to be king, but it's spending like a drunken sailor. <laughs> is Now, is that in reference to them buying up all these other little companies and trying to do something with them or some other reference there? Yeah, I was really referring to their aspirations in virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, and as you know, we we could go old school and talk about VR. I mean, you probably remember 25, 30 years ago when Silicon Graphics came out with some of the early VR stuff. We're like, it's going to be great. You know, here we are. It's like probably the third or fourth iteration of VR. It's going to be great. And someday. we're still waiting. <laughs> but Facebook really thinks that there is that, that now is the time. So, you know, did Oculus. But it's also buying up game studios and lots of other companies as it tries to corner that market. And so... I think that's really interesting. And Facebook did the same thing with Instagram. They did the same thing with WhatsApp. Yeah. And they've done a lot of acquisitions either to take money off the table 
to compete with people, to shut them down. Kind of taking a page out of Microsoft's business from the past. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. If if but, we can't be you, we'll just shut you down. <laughs> yeah, we'll either buy you or we'll copy you and shut you down. Yep. But wow. I think when it comes to VR and AR, it is such a new space. And Epic, uh, who makes Fortnite and makes the game engine, mm-hmm. is very, very big in this space and is building the sort of metaverse and the VR AR world in a very open way. Contrasted to Facebook, which is like engulf and devour. And then there's also Apple, who supposedly is working on their AR glasses, which, you know, probably five years away. But if they do what Apple always does, they may not be first, but they could be best. So Uh, I don't think Facebook can corner it, but they're trying. And, of course, they could be best, but they would also be, not a could, but it would also be most expensive, I'm sure. Yes, there's that, too. (laughs) There is that, right? Because we're talking about Apple. So to this day, I tell everyone that a good piece of consumer tech doesn't have to have a piece of fruit on it to be good, necessarily. Um, I mean, I'm an Android guy and all of that, so that that had some bearing on it. (laughs) I agree with you 100%. What's in your wallet? Well, it's my Android phone. There you go. Very good. As (laughs) as is mine. Jim, if you'll allow me, I'm going to interrupt just a couple of moments so we can pay a couple of bills and we'll be back talking more with the senior vice president and general manager of VidCon and the author of Inside the Creator Economy newsletter, as Into Tomorrow continues. During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 1-800-539-9460. That's 1-800-539-9460. 1-800-539-9460. United We Stand, 1-800-539-9460. We welcome you back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. We're chatting with the global media and technology leader, his own self, and also also the author of Inside the Creator Economy Newsletter, Senior VP and GM, whew, a lot of titles, of VidCon. You can visit them at vidcon.com. Jim Lauterbach. Well, you talk about different platforms, too, and I want to get your take, Jim, on different platforms that are now doing original content in terms of full-length motion pictures of actual movies like a movie studio would do. Uh, do you see that as being kind of a long-lasting thing? Or is that new and going to continue to go? And are they going to ultimately maybe put movie studios out of business because they are now a movie studio? Uh, where do you see that whole thing heading? I'm, you know, and, and I don't track that industry as closely, uh, but and, and I do work for Viacom CBS, which owns Paramount and does Paramount Plus. So I certainly have my own um, opinions on it that are probably more derived to the company that I keep. Um, but I think the world of movies is changing. 
Now, we've always seen new startups in the movie space, right? We've always seen people want to come in and, I can make a movie just like everybody else, and, and they crash and burn. Yeah. And so I don't think – I think making movies is very hard. I think it takes a real set of expertise to do it. I think um, some studios may fade away. New studios may come in. But that expertise and ability to make a beautiful, wonderful movie is something that is – it's very difficult to do. However, you look at, like, for example, Joe Penna, who's one of the top directors in the movie space now. Everybody wants to get him to do their movies. Not everybody. A lot of people do. Mm. Joe started out early YouTuber. He was an OG, Mr. Guitar Man. So where you come from matters less than your ability to produce, deliver, direct, create, market, package, all those things. And... There will always be infrastructures needed to support that mm-hmm. because of the large number of people required. I mean, until we have synthetic characters and then you just hit a button and just <laughs> let the synthetic AI characters go do their thing. Yeah. So if there's one last traditional studio and two or three new studios, I don't see that as being any different from the evolution that we've seen in Hollywood over the last 40 or 50 years. Interesting. Now, I'm also wondering now, do you think that some of these newcomers and big companies been around for a while, whether they're anti-social media, as I like to call them, or or otherwise, but some of these other platforms, do you look at them as kind of a farm team for people like the, the director you mentioned, that everybody wants them? And maybe because they've got experience doing their own short form items on YouTube or something, uh, now maybe they're ready to sit in the big chair and and direct a full-length motion picture, which hopefully will come out well, but may or may not flop. I, I think it's a spectrum. I think there's some people who work really well in the short-form medium. There's some people who work really well in the personal medium. Hi, guys! It's good to see you! I'm going to do makeup today! I mean, not to make fun of them, but it's a great thing, and people love it. Yeah. And there's some people that are very good at that visual storytelling in mid-form, and some people who get very good at visual storytelling in long-form. So I just think we have so many more opportunities now for people who have that creativity and have that ability to tell stories visually to build an audience connect, make money, and make a living. So the thing is, there's so much more potential because there's so many more outlets, there's so many more viewers, and the ones who are good at that longer form stuff will naturally rise to the top. But that doesn't need to be the pinnacle or the penultimate of a media career. I mean, look at Mr. Beast, for example. Mr. Beast is really good at those 20 to 25 minute, um, you know, big things, big reveal, you wait for it. But he's also really good. So he's really good at visual storytelling in his team. He's really good at putting a team together. Yeah. But he's also really good at building a burger franchise. And he's also really good at a bunch of the other businesses that he's building. So what is success? Hmm. Good point. And and that is yet to be proven. There's so much more I want to talk to you about. And you're, I can already tell we got to get you back on again soon. But I wanted to talk, you, you, you and I both discussed startups. Startups get a free booth at VidCon. So now tell me, as Senior Vice President and General Manager of VidCon, what is VidCon and how does that all come together? Sure. Uh, VidCon is the world's largest collection of events about online video. Uh, We are basically three events in one. We're a fan festival, we're a creator conference, and we're an industry summit. So fan festival, see your favorite creators. 
creator conference, come and learn how to make better videos and build an audience and learn from people who come before. And then on the summit side, the industry side, it's a B2B conference, like all the B2B conferences we've ever been at, except you're surrounded by creators and fans. Hmm. So what we're doing with this innovation showcase is we're offering 12 startups the ability to come. We're going to give them a small booth. We're going to put them on stage and show off the great stuff they're building for the creator economy. And it's free. Go to VidCon.com and apply, and we're going to pick 12 in the next couple of weeks. Ah, love it. Boy, it sounds like the kind of show we should broadcast from. We should talk about that because it sounds yeah, totally. like there's a lot of information there and a lot of great opportunities, especially warms the cockles of both of our hearts at startups and folks who are truly worthy of getting out there and getting in front of the right decision makers, perhaps, that can just spearhead their efforts uh, to do more cool things. So I'm loving that. Uh, so, Jim, what's on tap for you? Uh, slightly into tomorrow in addition to VidCon. Oh, and by the way, where and when is VidCon? So VidCon, we're coming back face-to-face, Anaheim, California, where we always do it in the U.S., and it is the 21st to 24th of October. Oh, very good. So So time to plan, even. Oh, we've been planning for it feels like ever. but But also, we've been doing sessions every week, a couple of them for each of our different audiences, that we stream online at VidCon.com. I'm kind of diving into the whole NCAA now allowing athletes to have their name, image, and likeness back. And they're not locked down to their schools and their sports. They can actually leverage and monetize their face, their image, uh, and their likeness. Really interesting. A lot of changes in the creator economy because of that. A lot of new entrants that are going to drive a lot of revenue, a lot of value. And I think that's terrific. It's way, way overdue, in my opinion, because the schools take advantage of it. The schools make a fortune off of their athletes. Why not let the athlete do a little something as well? And especially because the creator community is so important these days and so big that they should get a piece of the action. Why not? And as long as it doesn't affect their studies and their ability to continue to perform in that particular sport, for example, why not? So by all means, tune into that. And I'm sure if you miss any of your pieces, you do archive them, right? Yep, we do. You can find them on LinkedIn, and Jay Louderby is where I am at LinkedIn, so you can come and see that, or at VidCon.com, VidCon Pro on YouTube. Jim Lauterbach, global media and technology leader. Now you know why I call him that, because there's so many angles we can cover, and I want to get you back on the show again real soon. So promise to come back. We'll talk more about some of the other cool things you're uncovering. Hopefully uh, talk more about VidCon as well in plenty of time. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, thank you so much. It's so glad. So good to see you again. So good to be back. I love you guys. And I uh, can't wait to see you in person and can't wait to do it again. Love it. Very cool. VidCon.com. We'll get you there as well. And you'll see what Jim and his team are up to on a very regular, very cool basis when you visit us at IntoTomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline. We'll bring you further Into Tomorrow. Stay tuned right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com to start your free trial.
Did you know Disney World is the second largest purchaser of explosives in all of the United States? The first being the U.S. Department of Defense. That's pretty scary. Yeah. And, of course, explosives because of fireworks, yeah. one presumes, <laughs> that they use at their parks. Yeah, I read I read something somewhere that they go through about $20,000 a day in fireworks. Aye, aye, aye. And, they, and you wonder why it costs you know, $6,000 to go to one of their parks. Exactly. Well, it doesn't cost me because well, I won't yeah. go. Well, that's true. Well, I haven't been in I'm, six years. I'm not a woke enough person to go to Disney, and I could care less. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, by the way, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. You know, our Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting, and we couldn't be happier with their service. So you, you want to check them out if you're looking to start a podcast. You can visit blubrry.com. Oh, my gosh. It's time for the cool Into Tomorrow hot summer giveaway. Oh, thank you, Cameron. And speaking of that, what's the most important thing we need to tell everyone? If once they participate and they're heard on the air... Because the prize team sends them an email. Right. So there's two important things. One, check your spam filter. Yes. In case it ends up there. And the second thing is you want to respond to that email. Click that link that's in there and give us the information. Otherwise, we can't send you a prize. Exactly. I can't tell you, unfortunately, how so many people that have called in because we say no promises, no guarantees. But when you call, mention two or three of the items that are available. We'll do our best to try to get one or more of those to you. And a lot of people don't respond to the email. Now, maybe because it somehow got in their spam filter. So just check that. Make sure you don't miss anything from Into Tomorrow. And then you'll be fine. Will you not? You will. Ah, and you'll be fine and dandy. The cool Into Tomorrow hot summer giveaway. Okay, I already did the legal thing. No promises, no guarantees. But want to remind you, check your spam filter and let us know when you call in a couple of items that we're about to mention or check out the entire listing that we're adding to regularly. Got a couple new things again this week at intotomorrow.com. Just check the summer giveaway post. Man, have we got some cool stuff. Yeah, one of the brand new additions this week, Cooking Pal. We had them on the show recently. They sent us one of their Molto Smart Kitchen Appliances preps, cooks, and cleans after every meal. Self-cleaning. This thing's valued at $1,000 freaking dollars. Unbelievable. So it's certainly something we expect to get a lot of requests yes. for. From OWC, we've got USB-C travel docks to simplify your mobile connectivity and their Envoy Pro Electron fastest, toughest USB-C SSD. And we want you to be safe into tomorrow. So we've got the Into Tomorrow branded emergency seatbelt cutters and window breakers from Cut and Go. And we want to get you a couple of those, so by all means, mention that if you'd like them. One of our other most requested items from Roborock, we got an S6 Max-V Robotic Vacuum, True Vision Smarter Action, valued at $700. Uh, if you're a musician, you might want to look at the Yamaha EAD-10 Drum Module to transform acoustic drum sounds with studio-quality effects, or their Sonogenic Keytar, which enables playing without wrong notes. Or even if you're not a musician, but yeah. maybe you want to be. Yeah. Good stuff there. From Skosh, they sent out a big batch of goodies, like their Boom Bottle waterproof wireless speakers with built-in magic mount. Their PowerVolt USB-C fast charger for home. Their Rhythm Plus 2.0 armband heart rate monitors. And a plethora of other goodies all listed at intotomorrow.com. We've got some clear-up microcurrent devices from Tivic Health to relieve congestion from colds, flus, and allergies. Complete with carrying case. Uh, Catalyst, send a box full of stuff. If you've got an iPhone 12, AirPods, Apple Watch, we got cases to cover.
cover you? Man, we've got a ton of stuff. That's why I'm saying you've got to check out the post. And don't be shy. Mention two or three things. Preferably don't mention 20 things. I mean, you can, and we'll still do our best. But no promises, no guarantees. The stuff might already be gone. If you're waiting till the end of the summer to call in, you might have missed a lot of the other cool stuff. Check your spam filters and respond. And we'll see if we can't get you some goodies, because that's our goal in the hot summer giveaway, is it not? It is. Participate by using our free Into Tomorrow app, calling 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Or use the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. It's really easy. So many ways we make it so easy for you to participate. Jump aboard the time machine. you got mail. Mail, mail. Time the yesterday. Yesterday. This week in tech history. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. Here's Chris. Oh, he said that already, and I've got to rest my voice. Right. This week, back in 1899, NEC Corporation, originally known as Nippon Electric Company, was organized as the first Japanese joint venture with foreign capital. NEC started off in the production, sale, and maintenance of telephones and switches. The company then went on to make components for telephone switchboards and eventually notable products such as the TurboGrafx-16 game console, as well as laptops, monitors, and mobile phones. In 1902 this week, Dr. Willis Carrier installed a commercial air conditioning system at a Brooklyn, New York printing plant. The system was the first to provide man-made control over temperature, humidity, ventilation, and air quality. It was originally installed to help maintain quality at the printing plant, and for the first two decades of the 20th century, Carrier's invention was used primarily to cool machines, not people. Oh, yes. (laughs) Down, down, girl. The development of the centrifugal chiller by Carrier in the early 1920s led to comfort cooling for movie theaters, and before long, air conditioning came to department stores, office buildings, and railroad cars. I couldn't have lived back then without air conditioning. Yeah, me either. In 1903 this week, Ernest Fenning, a dentist from Chicago, became the proud owner of a Model A automobile when the Ford Motor Company sold its first car. The car featured a twin-cylinder internal combustion engine. (laughs) Although Ford advertised the Model A as, quote, the most reliable machine in the world, it suffered from many problems common to vehicles of the era, including overheating and slipping transmission bands. The Model A was sold only in red by the factory, although some were later repainted in other colors. It was one of those, you can have any color you want, as long as it's red. Yeah. Yeah. In 1968, chemist Gordon Moore got together with Robert Noyce, a physicist and co-inventor of the integrated circuit, to start a new electronics company. Oh, how nice. Yeah. While trying to come up with a name, they quickly dismissed the idea of using their last names, Moore Noyce, as it sounded too much like Moore Noise. And we all know that noise in electronics is a bad thing. So they settled on NM Electronics. However, by the end of the month, they had found a new name, combining the words Integrated Electronics and calling the new company Intel. Most illogical. In 1969, at 10.56 p.m. Eastern Time, astronaut Neil Armstrong made the first footsteps on the surface of the moon as he said these infamous words. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. His earlier words, Houston Tranquility Base here, the eagle has landed, gave instant impact to the drama of watching human beings reach something so far away so successfully. Affirmative. This feat marked the first time humans walked on another world. And this week in 1975, an Apollo spaceship docked with a Soyuz spacecraft in orbit in the first superpower link-up of its kind, as three American and two Soviet spacemen exchanged handshakes 140 miles above the Earth. You will be assimilated. The resistance is futile. We are the Borg. 
This meeting is generally viewed as the official end of the intense space race between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show since 1924 for consumer tech and home appliances. Visit ifa-berlin.com. And as if that wasn't enough, be sure and watch the video of Chris's This Week in Tech History at intotomorrow.com. my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 855-399-9886. 855-399-9886. That's 855-399-9886. As Into Tomorrow continues, I'm Dave Graveline. And I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. Text RADIO to 35000 to get more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Larry in Metamora, Michigan, listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcast. Say, Larry. First off, Dave, I am wishing you well that uh, your voice seems to be getting better each uh, week since you've had your throat surgery, and I wish a continued recovery with that. Thanks. Now on to my question. I have a Google phone, and I must have changed one of the settings inadvertently. I uh, get text messages with a link, and when I go to the link, in the past, it would take you to the web page using my default browser. Now, what it does, it opens an app like I had an app for some of the cable channels, like TLC, the History Channel, and it just keeps opening to the app instead of opening to the browser. And I've been trying to find what you do to correct that, and I cannot find it anywhere. Well, Larry, your mileage may vary, and reports are mixed, but there is a setting within Android that should be able to help you. Open your Settings app, then go to Apps and Notifications, and then default apps. At the bottom of the screen, you should see an option named Opening Links. Once there, you should be able to select the TLC or History Channel apps and set them to not be allowed to open links. And that really should do it for you. But like we said, reports are mixed, so there may be a bug or apps may have found a way to bypass that setting. Yeah, I mean, it's a relatively common enough problem we've heard a couple of times from people. So hopefully that'll solve it. If you weren't in a a position to make note of what we said, all of the show notes for you are at our website, of course. Look for the show for July 16th, 2021 at intotomorrow.com. And Larry, not only thank you for the good wishes, but let us know if that solved the problem. 
But stay tuned. Listeners helping listeners. Some of our favorite calls. Somebody else may have a better solution. And by calling in and getting his call in the air, Larry automatically qualifies for the summer giveaway. So you'll want to make sure you do the same. Call us at 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Use the free Into Tomorrow app or click that Ask Dave button right there on our site at intotomorrow.com. And check your spam filter. 